0: Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined
1: the podcast.
0: So, going back to uh, going out of truck stop love, then uh, the mathematics. When does that, how does that time frame work just between that and Headlight Rivals?
1: Um, well, I went from Truck Stop Love, I think I left in 1990, mm-hmm. and I went to Seattle and I started playing in a band there called Roswell Crash, mm-hmm. and it was out of the ashes of a band called Hammerbach. But, anyways, I, I went through many, many bands out there as mm-hmm. kind of a studio musician. I didn't move to Seattle though to play music, I moved to seattle to uh i was chasing skirt and Mm. you know what i mean and uh i got out out there (laughs) and uh that fell apart i met another gal Uh and we had a son together and he passed away you know within a few months of being born and Uh and it kind of changed everything and um i stopped working doing the toy design thing and started playing music again but i also got a job a really great job like i was kind of referencing before i just can't talk about i gave i gave one of the confidentiality Ah, things you know what i mean and and yeah 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 gotcha say no more say no more (laughs) Yep. (laughs) truth
0: is
1: (laughs) truth is my experience is my own personal thing and yeah other people are going to think something different
2: right anyways so so was it Tom
1: Waits? That's a thing. I <laughs> yeah. <remember. laughs> it was definitely Tom Waits. It was definitely <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was still alive. But anyway, I I skipped through many bands while I was there. It was on a couple labels. Um, I got to fill in for Hiro Yamamoto and Truly for Ooh. um like wow. about twenty dates or something like that. Cool. And had a falling out with the lead singer. Of the band but had a great time with mark the drummer it mm-hmm. was a great experience i wouldn't change it other than being grown up i wish things could be healed and you know yeah and things recognized yeah it's, it's unfortunate when that happens
0: so you, you made, you made fucking toys. Yeah. See, this blew my mind. <laughs> I didn't know this about you until today. Then <laughs> you, you posted like a three-year memory and it's like stone warriors or something. You're usually, mm-hmm. here's some of the toys that I designed made. How do you get that gig? How does that stone protectors, stone
1: protectors? That was a- Um, well, when I, when I first moved there to Seattle, I got a temp job mm-hmm. and, um, like through remedy temp. So I had to travel. To Bellevue, Washington, which is across Lake Washington from Seattle. Uh-huh. And I'd go there and work in their uh, shipping place. I'd go around and pull toys and ship them off. Huh. Well, one day they sent me a packing slip to pull toys and have it delivered in the building. I was like, all right. So I get the stuff and I walk into this huge, I mean, it was mammoth uh, in house photography studio. Hmm. And I was like, walk in and the guy's like, um, Setting up toys and taking photographs, and I look over and I see that there's a few toys that just the colors don't look right. Mm-hmm. And I say, it, "I think it'd look better if you change that one guy with this guy because the color." And he goes, "I'm colorblind. Oh shit! He's got a job. <laughs> uh, he hired me as assistant. Wow. He hired me as assistant to uh, photography, and then it just worked up uh. to we, we got um, we got two different contracts." it was before Jurassic Park come out, but we knew that they're getting ready to make Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to do all the plush toys for Ah. it. So we got to pick out all the textiles and they needed me so I could see see the colors, colors. you know? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And, uh, and then the stone protectors are like, well, teenage mutant Ninja turtles and He-Man are just blown up. We, we need something that's going to compete with that. And, so we got to kind of toy around with the ideas and help them refine some rough ideas of mixing Treasure Troll with the Ninja turtle. Ah, I see.
0: So it was like Seattle, a big like toy Mecca for manufacturing or something or design or
1: it, Ace Novelty was a huge, Ace like novelty. they did, they did uh retail and they did, um, novelty act, you know, like, so you're. Going to the fair, they did all that little tiny shit that you'd do in the you know, yeah. the rubber pencils. But mm. you could also have all of your shirts done there. You could have, uh, they made pull tabs for the whole state. Um, like, we have scratchers here in the Midwest. Yeah. There, mm. they, have, they have pull tabs. Oh, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. So, they do all that printing and all that sort of stuff. So, they were like a huge, they could hmm. make a catalog for anything. Weird. You know, one time in this place, I found a box, I shit you not, of 200 maggot brain. Wow. Funkadelic maggot brain vinyl. Dude. And I was just like, what's this doing here? Yeah. You know, what's this (laughs) doing here? And they had done the printing for it, and they had no idea. It was there. Yeah, they, they just had a it had an extra box of maggot brand and of course we pilfered them. Oh, of course, yeah. They're have thrown out the
0: whole market. I and mean, that always amazes me uh, about shit like that. It's like you know, you know, somewhere like there's just warehouses just full of shit. Like somebody's got some. There's only been five of
1: these ever found. It's like yeah, somewhere there's a warehouse just pristine, of, of just full of the greatest stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, at, in England, I think it was Vox, uh, the the um, amp and guitar yeah, company yeah. they they thought they lost a whole warehouse of stuff that burnt down mm-hmm. well they found a warehouse full of the stuff yeah you know it was <laughs> like yeah. in the 90s and they just were like well there goes the market oh. <laughs> we we can sell these for three times what they were original just by holding on to them for 30 years you know? <laughs> wow <laughs> matt's got a fun story about
0: a telefunken microphone oh ah. um with that yeah you can give them the kind of long and short right? of it
2: yeah so i i had this uh the, this uncle who uh, lived in chicago kind of old hermity but he loved he loved music he's a total penny pincher otherwise um right. but he he built his own studio mm-hmm. um that's awesome and, and this was like back in the day and like he he like fitted it up just to his own specifications like he was just kind of this uh he taught himself electronics basically and this was he grew up in an era, he was like a depression baby, so he grew up in an era where that wasn't like everybody was doing it. He just kind of self-taught himself right. with a lot of that stuff, loved music, built his own studio, and like, he, he built his studio basically s- deliberately so nobody else could totally use it. Mm-hmm. It had to have right. him running it, <laughs> <laughs> like the... the the reel to reels were set at like this very weird speed that no other reel to reel (laughs) player would play, you know? So he had to, he had this control job security, but he, uh, when he died, like I was the closest one in the family, um, who understood how (laughs) a studio worked and what all that stuff was. Uh, So the, the job kind of fell to me and he, um, he had these two, it's a Telefunken Elam 251. Yeah. Highly, highly sought after microphones Yeah, in pristine condition. And, and, uh, we, we decided to keep one and then we sold one, uh, to Telefunken USA. Yeah. Um, and they wanted it specifically for museum, right?
0: Well to reverse engineer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they had lost, like essentially they had lost the the engineering schematics for making this mic. Yeah. And and right it had yeah, they went to sell and they were like, This is the only one that we've ever seen. We want to buy this so we can reverse engineer it and make it again. Dude, that is so sick. Yeah. So you like salvaged that line of telephonic mic. Well, it wasn't the
2: microphone itself, it was that it it was like it came with its original paperwork that, that right.
0: all the stuff, you know,
2: yeah. like how it performed out of the box. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when it was brand new. So for like a reverse engineering point of view, that's invaluable to see how it performed then versus how it performs. Yeah. Now.
1: That is so awesome. You yeah. know, I, I, I've lost a lot of family and like some of the best stuff I've found is like, um, 40 year old, like canned, Beats jar in <laughs> my grandmother's basement, <laughs> piles and piles of Boys Life magazine, right. and yeah. you know, no, it's all it's yeah. that's a great story, dude. Yeah, that is really so. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, The other the other
2: microphone or the other telephone went. It's a, it's in a safety deposit box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's As just going to be a family uh, <laughs> heirloom. But like a bunch of his stuff uh went to are you are you familiar with uh, a band called the frames i've heard i think i've heard the name glenn that, hansard
0: glenn hansard did that movie once um it turned into a broadway thing he also did the movie uh what was that movie he did a long time ago with the
1: uh he's in that i i think i know exactly what you're talking about uh, yeah yeah the irish soul band yeah. yeah i'm gonna refresh myself when we get done but okay Really,
2: really good band. Um, I'm a I'm a huge Frames mm-hmm. fan, and I, I've been lucky enough to get to know those guys, mm-hmm. right? On. Uh, over the years, and Rob, their guitar player and producer, who has he has got a pretty interesting story just himself. He agreed to buy a lot of those microphones mm-hmm. that were my uncle, and he's he's using them today, good. um, to record. And, and they went back to Chicago oh, that's uh, where, where Rob is. And I really liked that. And, yeah. and uh yep. Uncle John was, a, yep. he was, a, you know, what, third generation American, but he was still Irish oh, yeah. at heart. Yep. It, um, so I, I, I think knowing that there's kind of a little bit of an Irish yeah. connection with that, too, uh, I thought, man, I, I don't know if I could do better to honor him because these. I'm not going to be able to use them the way, and I don't want them to just sit Right, you know, I, I want them to be used. And I think that's, that's a brilliant, the best
1: way I could honor him. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, that's brilliant, man. Yeah. You know, is the, as the other one that you have in your, in your box? Is it, is it still working? Yeah. Yeah. You should like consider renting it to somebody, you know? So it gets, yeah. Yeah. so it, like, cause I think they use that microphone to record, like full bands, just like right in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. just one mic.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a man. I would love that. Would have it would turn into a big family discussion because there's no no but one person in the family really owns right, it, right, um, right? So yeah, I, I think part of the reason it's set in a safe deposit box is that way nobody you argues.
1: This show with it, man. You should be using it uh, right now. Oh man, I would voice. love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: that. That's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there jelly on it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Uh, (laughs) mm. This is (laughs) icky. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think I'd be too nervous.
1: Yeah, almost. I know how. I know how that is. That's like a ten thousand dollar microphone, as opposed to you know, if not hundred dollar one. I'm talking into now. Yeah, I'm talking into my iPhone microphone (laughs) that came with. Came with the phone.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, congratulations, though. Uh, you're coming into some gear. You got picked up by DNA, right? Yeah.
1: Um, I got picked up by uh, David Nord's Chow Amplification. I'm using their 1350 head, mm. and it's like 1,350 watts of just insanity. Yeah. Like, I, my whole entire life, I've used Ampeg SVT, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the pretty much the loudest you can get for tube and have it sound good. Right. I've mm-hmm. had the, I've had the four hundred PS, Fender, four hundred PS, and the three hundred PS. Yeah. And those are both nice loud tube amps, but you just an SVT, you can play that thing and it'll hold you up. You yeah. know what I mean? So I am really used to tube sound. I got this amp thinking, oh man, I don't know. I'm not gonna like solid state, you yeah. know, and, and it was insane. <clears throat> it just was so easy to slide over to this machine and now I have two of them. I, I'm not nice. going to live without them because they're like seven, eight pound heads. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, for an old man, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to carry that up some steps oh, than yeah. the SVT 8 by 10 mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so how does that sponsorship work? You got to plug them and you got to do ad for no, them or anything I don't, like that? Either. I mean, I, mean I, I, I get to plug them um, just on my own accord, but they plug me. Yeah, you know they're they're great. They worked with me. They let me try out both heads that they have, um, you know, up for sale, and and then um, gave me a chance to try out the cabs. Mm-hmm. And so I got I got exactly what I wanted from them, and it wasn't like a pressure thing. It was more of a you know, see what what this does, huh. you know. And right. I like I said when I went into it, I was apprehensive. I was yeah. like okay, in the 90s we used Galen Kruger 800 RBs and they're like 400 watt solid state heads, but you've got the sonic maximizer and you put it on top of it and it sounds kind of like an SVT, you know, uh, a lot of guys used it like, uh, they got that kind of Mesa boogie sound, so yeah. Rage Against Machine, mm-hmm. you know Jawbreaker, right. uh, Quicksand, mm-hmm. you know, those guys got that really cool mid sound right. out of them. So I, I wasn't Totally, like I hate solid state. That wasn't <clears throat> the idea. It was just like I need the headroom right. for distortion right. out of out of this this thing, and I'm getting it. You know, it was like it's a blessing. And I and if it wasn't for Rich Matson, uh, Kyle Westrick, the bass player for Rich Matson's band in Minnesota or up in um eveleth <clears throat> he he's the one that really turned me on to it. And, and then David and John Vitali. Both started working with me, you know, just through email. Gave a kid in Kansas a great, great deal. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just kind of test driving
0: it, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's pretty I got cool. Got
1: older, and I get, I'm getting a little help now. I got Moniker Guitars out of Austin. Mm-hmm. They endorsed me and uh, made made my bass for me, a custom bass, <sighs> and then Odd Oddball Works up in Minnesota, which is uh, Rob Demarius's band or he, he Rob demarius is the owner of oddball woodworks but he's from okay Topeka Kansas and he was in vitreous humor mm. which is like one of the uh, that you need to talk to that guy vitreous humor, humor. Amazing. amazing Danny, Danny pound was in that and okay uh, check them out they're really good Topeka Kansas vitreous humor all right but he made me a 10 string bass mm. and uh oh, wow and he is working on a a new bass for me now that's a three string, but it has a fourth string that's double. Oh, yeah. And so, like it, a, yeah. it's a little bit huh. different, you know. I like that. I love Cheap Trick. So, yeah, I too. um uh-huh. I grew up right by those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Dude, so, you're in champagne or Rockwood? Well, I
0: was, I grew up in Morrison, Illinois, which is right outside of Rockwood. Right on. So, yeah, yeah, right on. Just weird. That, you that's weird. You could drive by and see like Robin, like out there mowing his lawn sometimes. And it's like yeah yeah. Yeah, and dude. Yeah that, that it was the first the first concert I ever saw, really. First mm-hmm. uh, like big name concert I ever saw was Sheep Trick uh playing at the state fair because they just you know playing around that region as they were a regional They're band.
1: So good. Yeah. So good. That that's probably one of my biggest influences is Sheep Trick. Yeah. trick nice. And uh all of Headlight Rivals is that way. But uh getting back to your question just to finish it really quick mm-hmm. is about getting to headlight rivals. Uh mm-hmm. I left Seattle in 2000 and came back to Kansas and we'd start uh, a guy that I'd been in a band with in Seattle. We had been in a band called the Cuckoos and we were on IFA records. Okay. We were really like Iggy Popish kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put out a full length, great experience, but the band fell apart. We moved back to Kansas and we started the mathematics. Okay. And um, that was Duke fame who's also in Roach Factory, which was a local band from Manhattan for years, and um, or Derek Macy, a lot of people would know him. And uh, we went through a lot of drummers. We finally met the real drummer, Chris Kleiner, and he's somebody we went to high school with. So we'd known him for a long time. By this point, we'd known him 20 years plus. So he started playing mm-hmm. with us. And then he got his uh, cousin, Eric come play with us and eric was maybe 17 16 at the time and we're all over 30 at the point (sighs) at that point and um we started kind of having strife with the singer and by 2010 2011 we broke up a few years later they need a guitar player in the new band they started so i started playing guitar in headlight rivals and then the bass player left and i started playing bass instead so that's how we get the headlight rival yeah. from seattle wow. in 1990 you'd have to listen way earlier to get that i, I will check them. out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's one thing i struggle I with it's like we do talk to just Ourselves being a little older, it's like we talk to a lot of musicians who have like thirty year record catalogs. <laughs> you know, yeah. Dude, and since we talk crazy. to somebody once a week, it's very hard to get through those
2: Right. And what's funny is John and I both are kind of those you proud. We know uh-huh. a lot about music and bands, and you know we're both just left oh, like dude. I uh, <laughs> yeah. get lost. I
0: started <laughs> taking notes at one point, and I was like, "Why am I doing that? I have this recorded. I'm just gonna go back." <laughs> Mm-hmm. go back and listen
2: right but yeah i, I i'm humbled constantly and how much i for as much as i thought i did know about the music field and uh, about the different artists and
1: things out there there's
2: way more that i didn't know about i am
1: I, I, constantly like i'm constantly learning stuff about bands that i thought i knew everything oh, yeah. about the who i mean there's that there's a new um it's not new documentary but it's uh about their managers of the guys that put the who together, yeah. you can't oh, the yeah. right now, and it, it is, is it good? brilliant. I don't it will, see it yet. It'll teach you so much about those guys and what they went through, and and just their mind, about yeah. how putting the who together, huh. you know, <sighs> cool. But it, it's always like you're getting the getting that curtain pulled back and seeing the great and wonderful Oz, and being, right. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how it went down.
2: Yeah. Right. I want to see them pull the curtain back on. Who decided to put the Spice Girls together?
1: (laughs) It's probably the short Foley thing, man. It's not like a (laughs) you know what? I
2: have like this I have this evil theory in my head that I would love to be true, and I'm I'm 99% sure it's not true, but I still there's that part of me that holds on to maybe that it was just like this, you know, studio musician, songwriter, artist, whoever, that was just trying for years and years to like do something real and valuable and then just finally said fuck this i need to make some money i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make a joke band man i'm gonna be so i'm gonna play into every cliche didn't, didn't they do so that hard uh,
1: millie and vanilla yeah yeah. Kinda,
2: it was just like they the the spice girls were just a big fuck you yeah. to the music industry Yeah, from like this burned out artist that didn't get anything cool. and then you know
0: he's just Gonna get, I'm going to give you what you want. It's going to be bad. You're, you're going to love it. But you're a bad little, scary. <laughs> you're <a> bad <laughs> little Let's radio Let's name listener. them like the Seven dwarves and fucking, yeah. <laughs> naughty, naughty naughty
1: listeners.
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I saw, like, what was the wannabe? Uh-huh. The, the video for that. <laughs> it came on MTV, and I was laughing. Like, I was like, this is the most genius Music industry parody yeah. that I've ever seen. Like I'm just like, oh, whoever came up oh, with this is brilliant. Yeah. It must be a weird
0: out, weird <laughs> right. out joint, something.
2: Right, <laughs> and, then, and then I was just, and then I later found out, oh, no, 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 this
1: is real. That wasn't parody. Yeah, this is real.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just that, just pain. That's people used to give me shit about saying that I respected the shit out of Millie Vanilli just for the fact that I was like, you know what? They took advantage of something. Yeah. That was, they exposed something in the, in the music industry that it was a flaw, and they made a shit
1: ton of money off of it, and good for them. You know, it's a heist, essentially what they did. What I understand is that they actually, they went around and toured after that. Yeah. You know. It showed and, the and real faces. People, yeah. Yeah. And, there, and yeah. there were, but the two guys, I think, even did. They did the lip syncing thing for a year or something (laughs) past it, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, it. Who cares, man? You know, if somebody wants to go watch somebody act music, are you you not entertained? Enjoy you not entertained. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) going to judge, (laughs) Because
2: I was really. What was it? This was this was a few years ago. I think it was uh, was it King Crimson that like put out a video? And like like some really pretty people yeah. in it and totally made up like what the band name was and it was like this huge hit <laughs> in, in the uk it was like yeah. huge and then you know afterwards they're like ha,
1: fuckers <laughs> yeah. it was us. us all along yeah it was us all <laughs> along yep That's i kind of cool. waited i
2: told you you didn't like us because we were old <laughs>
1: yep yeah, i did that was i'd be brilliant. more impressed if it if Buck Cherry did that and it was the Rolling Stones, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'd be really impressed. I'd be like, whoa, you guys really pulled one over on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we really want to see, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just hopeful. I don't know. i give Hopefully, it a watch. Especially after... Maybe that's what
2: Greta Van Fleet I mean. is, right? They're just a bunch of kids that are holding instruments. Never heard of And
1: them. really, you know, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page just don't have it in them to go on tour I anymore. feel really bad that uh, Trump made so much fun of her. You know? <laughs> I mean, all she wants to do is fix this earth, right. and he's making fun of that poor Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> you Van know. Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> kids, uh, it's about the kids. Kids, yeah. kids
2: these days <laughs> got it all figured out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I say help her, help her. Yeah, and and I the Greta Van Fleet. And, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to grow in to really accepting that sort of thing (laughs) you know i mean honestly the only you hear oasis and you didn't go oh they stole from the beatles you know what i mean it's right and now we're all like oh the oasis (laughs) badass (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) exactly oh yeah especially when we talk
1: to guys who are just like five six
0: years younger than we are and they're just like you know they don't know you know you know they still like
1: the beatles but i don't know i can't those things aren't exclusive i mean you know i mean i don't really want to say anything bad about the van fleet you know i don't want them to like oh no, or anything. no i think they're like fucking they, great i mean they did that if, uh... if they but if they accidentally fell into a cult <laughs> right now and just stopped playing music <laughs> really? it might do better for them it might do better for them a little. maybe bit. it would it might give them a little bit more respect <sighs> like if they never touched instruments ever again and yeah. they, we only had the catalog we have so far. Like if Elvis, yeah, <laughs> like if Elvis right. died before he got fat, and yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I like some. Yeah, I, I, I do Al- like
0: Fat Elvis songs. <laughs> I do. I called him a trap. And,
1: like, suspicious
0: minds. I love that era. But
1: uh, I mean, where do you, where do you draw the line on? That's American hard. Captain? I mean, yeah. you have to like. Oh, yeah. where do I do it? It's like A, B, C, one, two, three. Yeah, you know yeah. or fly on the wall you know i'm having a hard time struggling with morality in this day and age <laughs> It's chaos. Right. especially with the interwebs yeah poisoning you know everything yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah you can get into a lot of controversy with that
0: discussion absolutely <laughs> <laughs> right. but i'm not uh, i don't mean to go
1: there i just mean that oh i know Fleet, yeah, i know what you're saying if, if they put out one more record though and it sounds oh. exactly like physical graffiti mm-hmm. or you know yeah. i'm gonna be like man come yeah. on you never heard of them you never heard of them before? right <laughs> 10
0: months gone hey. yeah, I'm, like, yeah. Come on.
1: I'm pretty sure you might have heard yeah, that one before I think, I think
0: you did right
2: they've got kingdom come got back together right. to open for them
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, you know, Kingdom Come, I mean, who knows? That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, would, no, would be
0: I actually
1: have I I that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For one second, I think I'm maybe I thought you meant King's really. X, and I was like, oh, I'd be there. Yeah. For that. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> love King's <laughs> X. Austin, Texas, man.
2: Yeah, well, they're actually, they got started uh, oh,
0: yeah. in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. yeah, Oh, that's before they got
0: the Mohawk right. guy, right? Oh, he started there. Yeah, he started there. they they were students
2: at evangel college Mm -hmm. cool christian band and uh they 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 went by the edge then they were like youtube fans wow and they went by the edge and then they moved to texas and changed their name to king's
1: x and got real big yeah the
0: only reason we know is because that was like a local band there that's awesome
1: man i don't. i could just be wrong about saying austin texas for some reason i thought that's where they were from. i think austin or houston somewhere Right, did they settle there? It was
0: its sort of like 311, calling themselves like LA based band 311. Yeah, but they're from
1: Oklahoma, right? Yeah, but they're from like, yeah, yeah Oklahoma, Nebraska guys, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yep. all the bands that so, moved from you know, everywhere in, in Washington, you know, all hovered to Seattle. It was easier, but right. you know, they were all Tacoma, mm-hmm. Wenatchee, you know, um, definitely Ellensburg and yeah. Olympia. yeah. Mm-hmm but it's same all around well yep. if 311 comes back Oklahoma will take them they'll let them come mm-hmm. back. <laughs> 311's always back in my mind <laughs> they still because play i've it. always been i've always been down down yeah you've been down down they play it on <laughs> the local radio station here the k rock or whatever so we we were never without our 311 right on you know. we needed our nice. we what was 311 was like our no doubt without the chick right Ooh. is our sublime. It <laughs> it's our Midwestern sublime. Yeah. Don't speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have the urge here. Yeah, the with. urge. Yeah. And uh you guys had um sinister uh not sinister Dane. Uh there was another band they play at the outhouse all the time. There's uh Ernie Ernie um from Kansas City. Oh, oh. That's going to oh. pop in my head here. Tenderloin is the aftermath of that. Uh. but it's like uh the sin city disciples mm-hmm. we had the sin city disciples ernie singing yeah mm-hmm. but they're okay. it's st louis area they had a band called <sighs> sinister six or <sighs> i'll think about it and we can talk about it another time oh, <laughs> I, yeah we could and <laughs> yeah.
2: i'm trying to think of that era
1: what, <sighs> um there was new world spirits yeah, but they weren't, they weren't really the kind of Scott. It's almost like that the Urged name, too. I mean, it's kind of like maybe it would, they had that urge in the name at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like <sighs> uh, Slugworth is one that mm-hmm. was
2: yeah. a Springfield band.
1: This band would play with Mind Over 4 quite a bit. Uh, it'll come to me, man. You were in it. <laughs> You'll have to come back on, and we'll just shout it at the end yeah. of the episode. You were in Illinois, though. You had uh, menthol, right? Well, that was it. Did you get to catch them. Yeah,
0: but see, I when I lived in Illinois, I lived in Illinois up until I was I was about seventeen, and I was more of a wax tracks kid. Oh, I got you because I was up by Chicago. So, I mean, that's for like the ministry and and um, yeah, me, like endlessly seeking out every revolting cock I can find or um, every pig faced member right, right. and everything else like, which gets on Matt's nerves all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, I really hate it. <laughs> we're going to be the Pigface face podcast i was like yeah
2: and we we really have kind I, of become the unofficial I pig face i love podcast. it podcast we had Phildo on last night
0: yeah Phildo, chris Connolly, fucking uh, martin atkins oh right on bro. uh not that many we do have leslie Rankin coming up pretty soon so
1: right well we just had orville they,
0: on too and yeah, he
1: was should do uh a beast check, porn and chicken though it's so to uh the con- uh consolidated guys i think they're still going around and they're they were interesting cats to talk to just because they had the whole Mm. political uh thing too you know right i want to get frankie on from my life with throw kill cult too um really bad um there's that band grotus but they weren't on wax tracks they were on alternate tentacles Mm -hmm. they were like a live Mm -hmm. industrial thing Mm -hmm. and they were awesome good guys and i think they're still doing it yeah i think so we could talk. I could. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite alt tentacles
0: album was that, uh, it was a compilation they did of, of all dead Kennedy songs done by different bands and covers. Uh, L seven faith, no more was on there. Um, um, Sepultura, um, no means no.
1: Is it the, you'll get no jello or something. I, I can't remember you know what it's going through in my alternate tentacles now, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been a
0: while. Been a minute since I had that record,
1: but, uh, yeah, man,
0: we don't want to keep it too long either. And we could do this all night. But- I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. Anything you
1: want to pimp before we go that we haven't already talked yeah. about the, upcoming shows. The only thing, um, we're getting ready to record another record awesome. here really soon. And, uh, yeah. we're doing it in, um, Kansas city at Joel Nanus's place element studio in Kansas city. He's recorded us a couple times already, but we're doing a record for the special Olympics oh, cool. and we're going to give it, right we're on. just giving it to them and they're going to sell it and make the money off of it. We're going to pay for it to be made, cool, but we're not going to make anything off of it. Right on. Um, we're kind of big proponents of the Special Olympics here because we know the money goes the right way. Mm-hmm. We can kind of see it helping and we have a local chapter that helps other chapters out. So it's an easy thing for us to do and leave a mark, know. you know, leave a mark that yeah doesn't matter, you know, about yeah. us. It's more about these kids. Absolutely, you know, Right. And hopefully, hopefully it, it swings the way that we want it, you know? Yeah. We're happy to pimp that out. Absolutely. If we can do anything. Yeah. Yep i will definitely let you guys know when it's all done and and uh we're having some guest people come on and sing and play so it'll be quite a few covers and then um several originals we wrote one song specifically for special olympics so be on there you know cool i think that's something most musicians don't think about is doing something not for themselves yeah you think that a lot when you go and play a show that you're not you're doing it for the fans, but put put your money where your mouth is, man. You know, do something, yeah. do something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That isn't just going to play a show. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, we appreciate that generosity. Not just that, but just your generosity
1: with time. Mm. Oh man, I enjoy it. This is my first one. So, oh, you know, I'm, I was a virgin. Uh. <laughs> no good. <you> know, so. <laughs> ah, man, you did great.
2: I, I really we had a good
0: time. <laughs> It'll be. Good
2: yeah. We would love to have you back on sometime
1: thank yep. you guys i really had a great <laughs> Thanks time a lot. i feel bad i
2: i do you remember did we even talk about we didn't talk about this when i'm i'm actually met you at playing
1: with Godzillionaire at the record park yeah i was running the door right yep. yeah yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> we hung out there i was waiting to play it's like one of my Favorite things to do. <laughs> I get, you know, we, that really, us playing last is a bad idea. You just, and most bands know that we, we don't fuck around. We drink. You know, and not yeah. only that, but All right. but we try to get everybody to have a good time. That's that's how Mark Hennessy kind of referred to you guys when talking this. he's like right. has headlight
0: rivals happened to you yet? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not a bad thing, I swear. It really right. is a, a thing right. of endearment. If you can't do that with your fellow bands, if you're just walking in and having a chip on your shoulder, then you're not you're not doing the right job. You're not right. you know, you gotta be you gotta be willing right. to throw down. That's what rock and roll is, man.
2: right apparently cody has to keep his distance
1: (laughs) cody can hold his own he just couldn't hold his own that night (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right right. well thanks seven thank you guys man thank
1: you